Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Hi, welcome to Blooming Out. Uh, sorry, we had some technical difficulties there. The hot weather seems to have fried all of our <laughs> brains. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jeez. So, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. <laughs> I'm Frankie Presslaff. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Justin Robertson. Um, and tonight we have Jennifer Bass with us, um, and she's going to do an episode of Just Married, but we're going to check in with uh, the crew here before we get started. I uh, will start with our lovely Melanie. How are you doing? Are melting. You, melt, you were melting. When yeah. you walked in here, you were literally, literally melting. melting into the drain, yeah. yeah. So this is... <laughs> I am not just Melinda Davis. I'm, I'm a little less. Yeah, so. you're a little. That's fine. That's fine. It looks good on you. <laughs> less looks good. <laughs> I, no, I shouldn't have said that. You're calling me fat now. No, no. Oh, my Thank gosh. You, I insulted her accidentally like three times. You've insulted everybody since you've come in. I have. It's, just it's the heat. One way or another. I'm allowed to do it's that. It's the heat. We it won't repeat the things you've said. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Indiana. It's just, the, yeah. it's just Indiana. It is. Yeah. <laughs> if I were somewhere near a coast, it would be acceptable. But well, you know, I love heat, but it's getting to me. This isn't right. heat. No, this, this is, is not heat. We can't. This is worse than heat. Yeah. This is just yuck. Yeah. So, um, Justin, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, it's been nice to be in Bloomington for a week because <laughs> I've sort of missed being at home and everything. So it's been good. Things are going well. Yeah, things are yeah. going well. Yeah. And I don't get to, you know, I don't have to pack my bags and be somewhere. Like I've been all month long. Leaving I've been to on New York three times. Jet plane. Yeah. Time to <laughs> say hello, goodbye. Right. Yeah. Leaving on a jet plane. That's what all I ever do. So anyway. I've got to be home for a week, so that's Yay. good. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, feel I cruise by your house a couple of times. You do? I do. You still go cruising? You're married. I still, <laughs> I still go cruising. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how about our sweet Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I um, actually got a new job this week. You so did? Congratulations. Yeah. I am your new farm barista on the weekends. So Are you really? Yes. Really? Catch oh. me at, at brunch. So. Wow, that's Excellent. awesome. Congratulations. So are you Thank behind you. the bar there? Yeah, in that I think that little front um, counter area is where I'll be making okay. making lattes and stuff. Making lattes. So Yum. That, yeah. So I have a question. There's yes. there's a drink I've been meaning to get, mm -hmm. um, but I have to find the right barista. So it's just basically <laughs> a giant cappuccino cup full of uh, uh, Bailey's. And oh, with uh -huh. a shot of espresso, what's that called? I think you need a bartender for that. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong thing. Wrong Maybe sound. I can join forces with someone. <laughs> a little bit of I'll give you the espresso. Yeah. You bring in the Baileys. Yes. Yeah. You have your moonshine here. Yeah. Water Richard. in a jar of Frankie. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Water. Water. I haven't seen you in a She's nope. not hooked up. Okay, we're having a technical issue over here. It's so just we're gonna, hot. It's just hot. 
So, and yeah, guys, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> How are you, Frankie? <laughs> oh, good. We're so happy to hear. We'll talk about news. No, I'm, do- I'm melting like everybody else. It's, it's hot. You yeah. know, I can't talk. You know, it's just Breaking I wear this news. heavy, like bulletproof thing sometimes uh, all yeah. the time through the day. And another life I live outside of the radio. And <laughs> it is hot. Yeah. That I mean, sounds terrible. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. You smell the. Um, oh. So my kid God. plays hockey, ice hockey. And I don't know if you ever smelt that, but it's a. Uh, a whole smell to itself that I've been introduced to on me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's Plus you have to wear a very dark uniform. I right? do have to wear a very dark uniform, All Justin. Right. No. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But anyways, no. So it's like the 501 so I'm talking here. So. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's what's uh, going on in, in this corner. But, yeah, hopefully everybody's getting their fluids in. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have my water in a jar. That's why you get your water in <laughs> your jar. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> in a ball jar. In a bar. Mm-hmm. I still don't have my Baileys. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, on to news, because this is what we're all about. Um, Melanie. Well, Puerto Rico has been blowing up with protests, uh, <laughs> calling for the U.S. Territory's governor, Ricardo Rossello's resignation after messages were leaked revealing that he and others in his, in his administration uh, hold very misogynistic, homophobic, and other bigoted views and really like to share them with others in the government, some of whom agree with them. The scandal that uh, led to the mass protests called Chatgate began last Saturday after 800 pages of texts were made public by the Center for Investigative Journalism the week before. In these texts uh, from the messaging app Telegram, which is encrypted, uh, apparently, and used by government officials, they might want to look into replacing that, Governor Rossello calls one female legislator in the U.S. a whore and another one a daughter of a B-word. Uh, apparently, I can't say on here because Justin got in trouble for it. He also pokes fun at an obese man he had uh, taken a photo with. Other texts uh, other texts call for the assassination of a political rival, uh, use repeated homophobic language, and even take on Ricky Martin. Leave Ricky alone. Yes, Ricky Martin. Right? Yeah, not Ricky. Uh, the island's chief financial officer claimed, quote, nothing says patriarchal oppression like Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> That's deep. Ricky, <laughs> I can't do it to get Is through this. this. Real? Ricky Martin's such a male chauvinist that he f's men because women won't don't measure up. Pure patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, being uh, gay is how, just the uh, most patriarchal <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, numerous other public servants contributed uh, other such comments and attitudes in an effort to quell the protests by thousands of peed off people, now joined by Ricky Martin himself and other prominent citizens, Rossello has started letting go of the offending officials, saying, aware that the current environment cannot be maintained, I have communicated to all the other public officials involved in the chat that I will be, I will have to dispense with their services and or their advice, but conveniently left himself out of that. The public have not been appeased. I'm calling for his resignation, too, for making me agree with a tw- with most of a tweet by Trump, which says, the governor is under siege. The major- mayor of San Juan is a despicable and incompetent person who I wouldn't trust under any circumstance. And the United States Congress foolishly gave $92 billion for hurricane relief, much of which was squandered away or wasted, never to be seen again. Damn it, Ricardo. Uh, I'll note here that uh, most of that, actually, I don't agree with uh, because it's not factual. 
according to the Islands Recovery Office, only around 11.4 billion in FEMA funds have been approved thus far, with about 5.72 billion actually being dispersed. And Mayor Carmen Yulin Cruz was calling Trump's BS out while he was tossing paper towels at people without power or food or emergency services after Hurricane Maria, uh, leading to illness and death of nearly 3,000 Puerto Ricans. The positive thing I take away from this disgusting display of very current American leadership and values is that the embattled people of Puerto Rico, who have not had the best history when it comes to women's and LGBTQ rights until recently, are standing up and nodding, not accepting this or any of it. Again, the tides are changing, and seeing mass protests for inexcusable behaviors and getting some action is amazing. I wonder if we could adopt this energy stateside. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Seems like, um, well, with the Ricky Martin thing, seems like we just can't win, can we? No. <laughs> I'm still stuck on that. I just can't get over it. <laughs> But it's yeah, really it's that yeah. Ricky Martin. Um, the $92 billion thing is also really annoying. That's not true at all. Um, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of posts about that that are pretty outraged that he's just blatantly lying. Well, I mean, anything, it's not the first time he's lied. Most anything that comes out of his mouth yeah, is, is BS. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody to, to put too much into it is a very foolish. Mm-hmm. But the people are pissed off. And that's what's energizing, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this guy well the thing was you know even walking back to when the hurricane mm-hmm. happened and i mean that i mean we can name hundreds and hundreds of events where trump has just done things to yeah. really upset people mm-hmm. and say awful things and do awful things but the paper towels when these people have lost their homes and yeah. they're in a warehouse wherever it was and he's up there kind of like oh look at me you mm-hmm. know this is kind of let's make this fun you've lost your homes and we, you're not going to have power for a while and um, here catch uh, paper yeah. I mean toilet papers are thrown you know yeah. and just as insulting wrap your dead up in these right I mean yeah. it was uh just that display and then of course fast forward and here we are and nothing changes mm-hmm. yeah and even you know uh last night this was pretty recent but i think um a congresswoman that was um being attacked uh, not attacked physically but um people were chanting like send her home send her back uh, right. send her Omar, back yeah. at the rally yeah. last night yeah last night um at a trump rally and you know he's just letting people be blatantly racist and use you know nazi language at his rallies and he's not doing anything about it in fact he's reveling in it you know that's where it all started from i mean yeah yeah so it's it's you know again just more of the same and well nobody reasonable is going to support him you know he knows who his base is and they're lunatics obviously well they're but they do have a um the electoral college yeah and their vote counts for more than uh the people who are more rational sadly yes sadly that's well to work through that is that's happy that's happy so arlen what do you have on your court i had an interesting uh article i found um that i kind of wanted to talk about um that there is a new treatment option becoming more available uh more widely available for non-binary people who want to medically transition but they don't or, but they want to look more like androgynous as opposed to traditionally male or female. Um, so according to this article I found from NBC News, taking low doses of hormones, known colloquially as microdosing, can um, masculize and fem- or feminize your body in subtle ways. For example, lowering your voice a bit but not growing facial hair, like the 
Yeah. So um, effects of microdosing depend on the genetics of the patient, but for many people, it gives them a sense of control and being able to try out using hormones at a slower pace uh, while still having the ability to lower or stop treatment or increase dosage depending on how they feel. Um, According to the article, more and more doctors who treat transgender and non-binary people say that the medical community should be paying more attention to the needs of those who identify as non-binary and genderqueer um, who want to medically change their bodies but don't want to transition fully to the opposite gender. Dr. Trido, a medical director at HealthRight360 and an assistant professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, said, quote, There's this kind of assumption with transgender individuals that everyone should get surgery and everyone should get hormones to become as male or female as possible, and that's simply not true. Um, And because according to a survey by um, the Innovation Group, 56% of people born between the mid-1990s and the early 2000s, Gen Zers, uh, report knowing someone who uses gender-neutral pronouns like they and them. So it's becoming a lot more common. Uh, and according to the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey, a uh, third of respons- respondents to that survey said that they, they identified as non-binary or genderqueer. According to Alex uh, Karuglian, the director for the National LGBT Health Education Center, the medical community's understanding of trans and non-binary patients has evolved. However, most primary care mis- physicians in the U.S. are still not trained on how to treat them. And as a result of this, non-binary people often face issues with treatment or with being denied care because they may not fit into a doctor's or insurance company's understanding of gender because of not wanting to present as clearly as male or female. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting and a cool thing. And the article um, talked to specific people who were undergoing these low-dose hormone treatments. And it seems like um, the medical community is slowly but surely catching up to um the needs of um the of people because i feel because like those um statistics said um there's just so many more people who are kind of rejecting the binary altogether and uh i know a lot of people who use they them pronouns and you know some of my best friends and and yeah and people some people like aren't feeling super confident in making a choice like yes i'm transgender and i want to present as male or i want to present as female like i just think that this is a really cool opportunity for for people to kind of explore and test out things that they're maybe not sure of or they maybe don't want to fully commit to but they think that it might be something that they want to do you know yeah yeah and that's really amazing that they are getting into a a place where they're actually considering non-binary people yeah yes right that's just really been something that's been coming out in the past decade or so mm-hmm. people being able to really fully express themselves mm-hmm. as they are <clears throat> and there's still there's still some you know figuring that out and that's I think that that's great mm-hmm. um, I've got a lot of friends who are uh, you know their kids are coming out as non-binary mm-hmm. and um, they you know they don't know exactly what it is but they're they're finding out and their children are finding out mm-hmm. over time and that that's a beautiful process too because you know that how affirming mm-hmm. right like yes we understand that ye, this isn't something that we uh, normally encounter um, and we don't know anything about it but we are going to let you figure out who you are yeah so. on that note we're going to go ahead and take a music break and we'll be right back with more with Blooming Out <laughs> 
Welcome back. Uh, you've been listening to Bleach. Don't touch. Well, well, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Don't you think you're you've had enough? As I blubber that one all over the place. <laughs> Don't you think you've had enough? I think I've had enough of you, Justin. <laughs> this has been like. Oh a, come on! Yeah, you love men. I do love you. I'm, I'm not looking at you. I say that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's been a, like a technical difficulty. Everything. Going, but we're it's okay. Forward. We can roll with the punches. Uh, we're pros, right? We're pros. Totally. Here, here duck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you my punch. <laughs> so, Justin, what's going on in the world of LGBTQ? Well, uh, news. Well, something pretty good <laughs> and exciting. Uh, finally, a, a, a good story. Um, so, on Tuesday, the 2019 Emmy nominations were announced, and it's been a great year for queer artists in television. Woo-hoo. Yay! Yeah. There have been many, many shows with LGBTQ plus stars, hosts, and creators, and or LGBTQ plus themes and. They've been nominated, which is great. And Ryan Murphy's Pose, which mm. I thought was just excellent. So good. I mean, a wonderful ensemble cast. Yeah. Wasn't it just great? And I think it's the best thing he's ever done. And he mm-hmm. actually went to IU. Mm-hmm. So he, he did. He lived here in Bloomington, yeah. And he was mm-hmm. here when I was here, but I don't remember him. You don't remember him? He was my no, best friend. We you knew him? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, I'm lying. <laughs> I don't know how we missed him, but anyway. But he, I think why it's so good is he recognized that he couldn't handle, a, or he was not the right person to tell that story. So he handed he it handed off, it off yeah. to somebody else who did a brilliant yeah. job. But another thing is, is I am so meticulous about art direction. Mm-hmm. And the 80s was a time when I was a young teenager. And that was my period, you know. Mm-hmm. And people always get it wrong. And Pose gets it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just right on the money with the hair, the makeup, the clothes, the set decorations, the way that people talk. Mm-hmm. I was just like... Uh, when I met Justin the first time, <laughs> <laughs> the first time... He had penny loafers. I don't know if you guys know what those are. Oh yeah. So loafers mm-hmm. and they have, them, they have a spot. They have a spot. Yeah. And Justin actually had pennies in his. Oh my gosh. Why did you have to talk about that? <laughs> I just wanted to bring how much. My it best is. friend did too back in really? sixth grade. Yeah. yeah she had a pair of those, and I just thought they were the yeah. coolest things. Yeah. She See, had a pair too. Melanie and I would have been friends. Back yeah. I'm like you and me. Now we were we were good friends. We were very good friends. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I did have those penny loafers <laughs> with pennies. <laughs> but but pose is really also exciting. I think because it's a cast of mostly queer and trans people of color Mm -hmm. as well as queer and trans writers a lot of the people in it weren't professional actors I believe Mm -hmm. I mean some were of course but I thought that it was some of the best acting I've seen too Mm -hmm. Um, and some of them were actually like queens from from New York and they had performed at balls and everything like I think uh, what's her name? Dominique. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Dominique something. I'm sorry, I'm but uh, yeah. Too. Um, of course, Billy yeah. Porter's an old veteran, you know, and he's yeah, really yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pray tell. It's just wonderful. So, um, it received six nominations, including best drama series and best actor for Billy Porter, who really deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then RuPaul's Drag Race, which is another show that I just love. I have to say, so that's still on. It, 
It got nine nominations. It's gone. Whoa. No, yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I've never seen it. You haven't? No. I think I, I'm not a big reality. Um, you know, I don't care for reality TV, but I like RuPaul's Drag Same. Race. It's just fun. I have never found a sh reality show that I really, really like, except for RuPaul. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes they get into the drama bits. They get a little tired yeah, and tedious, yeah. but you just get past that and just they're go for fierce, the show. They're fierce, and they intimidate me. Really? Yeah. They're Even on television? Is that why? They're hardcore. They are hardcore. Did you want to be them? No. No, it's actually, it's the opposite. You don't want like, to be I, them. Like, everything that had to do with, like, drag queens and stuff, I I moved away from mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be associated with that. Okay, I get it. And there was a lot of that going on. Right, okay. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, because... Yeah. I get it. So, I mean, I should watch it because apparently it's wonderful. And well, you know like, what? All my I, friends love it. I was not, I'm not a crazy RuPaul either. I, I mean, I like RuPaul, but I just, I try and I'll, the people come over or they invite me, you know, I'll sit through it, but it's just not, it doesn't hold me. It's not everybody's thing. <laughs> I like it and Ireland yeah. likes it. And then it got okay. nominated for Best it's Reality okay. Competition <laughs> Show and <laughs> RuPaul got nominated for Best Host for a Reality. Um, wait, no. Yeah, for reality or competition show. And um, not to be forgotten, Queer Eye. You like that, don't you? Yeah, I like Everybody I, likes Queer Eye. I've never met a person who doesn't like Queer Eye. And the new there are season. people that hate queer people and like Queer Eye. Yeah. <laughs> really? Is that true. possible? That is possible. But that, that received six nominations this year after winning three last year. Mm -hmm. And Laverne Cox, mm -hmm. uh, the first openly transgender person nominated for an Emmy in an acting category in 2014, received her third Emmy nomination for guest actress in a drama series for Orange is the New Black. She, she hasn't won yet, so right. hopefully third time's the uh, charm. They need to great. put her more yeah. on screen. They keep like, she's like, like, you know, she's on for 10 minutes, you know, for the third season or whatever, fourth season. So like, she, they just like, oh yeah, and don't forget, there's her. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, then they go on. I'm like, I've actually, this is one show I've not seen. It's a good show, too. Well, okay. I yeah. just feel so behind. You know, once you get so behind. It's hard to get caught up. I yeah, mean, there's exactly. so much mm -hmm. going on. You just take so three days and you get, like, <laughs> you know, a bucket and some food Who around has three you days? What? Who has three days? Oh, come on. To do it. <laughs> With all the rain and everything. <laughs> well, th there's more, you guys. There's more people. <laughs> to get so out lesbian comedian Hannah Gadsby's viral comedy yes. special, Hannah Gadsby, Nanette, received two nominations. Now, I did see this, and I thought it was spectacular. Oh, I, really I really I really, really loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and then Wanda Sykes, who yeah. I always love. That was Wanda's. a good one. Uh -huh. yeah. Her special was so she good. Is so so she was nominated for a comedy special. Wanda Sykes not normal. Yeah, yeah. I like, great. but you know what? I like kind of older Wanda. I mean, not older, but younger Wanda. Oh, when she was <laughs> fresh and just out there. I do like her. But this special was. Have you seen this? Special? I haven't seen it's it. Good. Watch it. It's Everybody so liked good. you when you were younger and fresh too. Oh, <laughs> melting <laughs> like wilted lettuce. Like wilted Need lettuce. some ice for that. Like, and then Kate McKinnon. Love of her course. too. Yeah. And yeah. I just love these people because they're LGBTQ. They're just really great, they're, talented yeah, all people. Of them are so you know? good. Yeah. And so she received her seventh nomination for her work Jeez. in SNL. And Ellen DeGeneres was also nominated for her game show, Ellen's Game of Games, which I have not seen. I haven't seen that yet. Honestly, very funny. I like really? it. Uh -huh. yeah. like it? And then Cherry Jones, who went to my high school, actually, mm. uh, was nominated for The Handmaid's Tale. And Jane Lynch, Ooh, who I always love and everything, was yeah. nominated for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but she's great in that love show. that show. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you guys it's on the list. Once again, yeah. the art direction. That yeah. it really is. good art Everything's direction. Everything's good yeah. about that. That reminds me of so much of like when I hear stories about my family, mm. you know, back in that time, that yeah. was them. 
Oh. So it's just, it, I love that show. Yeah, it's good. So there were other shows created by queer people like Schitt's Creek, which were nominated, as well as shows with queer themes like Killing Eve and A Very English Scandal, which was another, it was a British show that I really enjoyed with Hugh Grant. I think it was one of the best things he's ever done. Um, so overall, it's been a very exciting year for LGBTQ clap, plus clap, people clap, clap, in television. Clap. As more queer artists are put at the forefront of television shows and the creative processes, processes behind them <laughs> than ever before. Are you talking about your what prosthetics? No, oh, <laughs> prostheses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's exciting that these artists are being recognized, yeah. right? <laughs> And more queer people around the world are getting to see characters on screen that are just like them, yeah. or somewhat like them. Or yeah, or represent them. Or represent. Something similar. Because oh, we all can pretend like to be like them. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to mention it again because he got brought up again. But uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. You told him my Hugh Grant story? No. Hugh Grant hit on me. <gasps> he did? Yes. I didn't even know it was happening, though. When and where? I, got to, I had in to Chicago? be told by... No, no, no. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. What, what was right? Hugh Grant exactly. doing in Indianapolis? I what were you doing in Indianapolis? I lived there for twelve years. Oh, and I'm I was sorry. working at Borders downtown. I got to see a whole I, bunch I of people. I heard the story. Yeah, you've but, heard the story. But tell the story. No, I, I don't need to tell the story. I'll tell <laughs> I don't it later. Know the story. I just want to. No, you're telling it. it now because yeah. you've already started, right? I was. I was uh, with I my friend Marty in the the. I was putting magazines away, yeah. and Hugh Grant walked up to me. And he got, he had a super big grin on his face and I just like, you know, fell all over <laughs> myself. I couldn't speak anymore. He asked if uh, we had a book in, in an accent that I can't reproduce uh, and because it makes me chuckle and uh, I'm very <laughs> sweet. And he wanted the, he wanted the uh, Oprah's book club book that was popular <laughs> for that week. And I was like, I just sold the last one. I'm sorry, earlier. And I'm like falling did, all did over. You, you my, knew who he was. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. My, my friend didn't. Okay. And so she like backed up and she's all like, you know, this person is like walk up between us and like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And, uh, and then the, the uh, girls in the cafe were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so like uh, he left after a little bit and he, cause he was chatty and I was just starstruck the whole time. Oh my God. And then my friend Marty came back and she's like, who does he think he is? <laughs> like Hugh like, Grant. Um, Hugh Grant. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and she goes, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, and so I like rattled off a couple of movies and she's like, yeah, I never watched those. I'm like, oh my God. And then I went over to the cafe and they're like, oh my God, he was so hitting on you. And I'm like, what? And then Marty was like, yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. really? I'm so stupid. Then there so, it is. Oh yeah. my gosh. Been the next Mrs. Grant. That's a great... I, that is a great Even story. just for the night would have been nice. The, but the <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Melanie, for sharing that. Yeah. Thank so you. now I'll go get sued because Hugh Grant, like, you know, no. No. Yeah. But no, it was really cute. And I don't know if he was hitting on me or not because I don't actually know. But that's know a better story. We don't, don't, don't that, end it like that. Well... <laughs> I didn't at the time, and I still. He was. He was hitting. He was hitting. On. On. He was hitting on. <laughs> According to everybody that's that was the there and witnessed like. it. That's, so. that's yeah. what matters. So um, we got some news blurbs. Blurbs. Little blurbs. blurbs. Little blurbs. Uh, yes, Alan Turing. Uh, the new. <laughs> he is the new face of the fifty-pound note. Uh, Alan was a World War II Enigma code-breaking genius, computer scientist. The modern world owes its existence to him, and yet he was driven to suicide in 1954 two years after having been arrested for having a same-sex relationship, which was illegal in, in England until 1967. His sentence was to be chemically castrated. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, both that and the public shaming and ridicule for being gay was too much for him. 
He's since been celebrated in plays and movies and once again occupies a place of honor, though too late. Heroes are heroes. Have you, you know. guys seen the movie? The, yes, with Benedict the Cumberbatch. Enigma Code. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. so good. Oh, my gosh. Who really? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I was, I was like, wait a minute. No way. <laughs> Everybody. You I'm, all. I am totally going to bow to you if that would happen. <laughs> no. no, no I have a friend who named their son after Turing. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Really? And awesome. His, and his name is Turing. Oh. Um, but no, yeah. I d- and I didn't really understand the whole thing until um, my friend, you know, kind of explained the whole Turing. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, pretty much saved the world. Yeah. yeah. And then we oh, yeah. castrated he, him. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. Right. But he he was, literally ended World War II yeah, and then right. invented computers. Right. And then mm-hmm. was treated Humiliated horribly. and tortured him. Yeah. I mean, it's just awful. So hopefully history for a long time will. Well, I hope he's happy now. Being well, on the fifty-pound note. Yes. Well. No, there I'm you just. Go. You know, <laughs> posthumously, it doesn't really make sense. And right now, England's going through that whole thing where they're talking about how, uh, you know, do should they actually have LGBT education in school, which would do things like mention that Turing, <laughs> Turing right. was gay. Right. You know, and uh, and you know, a bunch of people are saying no, and that's promoting you know terrible things, mm-hmm. and. Really, I mean, it's a part of our history. It is uh, our history. It is our history. And it's, and it's definitely our history. our history. When we say history, we're not talking about LGBTQ history. We're world. talking about the world history. Yeah. Right. That, you know, it, it takes all types and all kinds to, to you know, to, to be who we are, you know, as, 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 as a people. As and a, we have to understand where we went wrong, right. you know, as a people and, and how not to do that again. Or continue to do it. Uh, Again, so in that way, it's good. He's on a fifty-pound note. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. So good, good for Turing. Yeah, yeah. And Justin, are you taking? Actually, th- this is Ireland. Yeah, this is Ireland. I've got the Wait. next one. Yeah. So, um, this is something I, I heard about, uh, and um, also Melanie heard about. It, apparently, uh, at an online video conference called VidCon, uh, it's pretty famous. In a panel focusing on LGBTQ activism and awareness, the moderator, Stevie Wynne Levine, who is an openly, openly queer woman uh, and YouTube star, dead-named and misgendered a popular trans YouTube star, Miles McKenna, who I follow on YouTube and is awesome. Great work. Um, <laughs> you had you had one job, Mod. <laughs> it happened while the moderator was recalling a story about McKenna from 2014 before he had come out as trans. Um uh yeah he he was uh, he was originally out um as gay before he was out as trans and then made a very public um mm. uh video coming out as trans uh Levine apologized tweeting quote I regret not specifically asking you if I could reference your dead name in relation to the story but the truth is I really really didn't know please understand that my mistake was in that context not realizing that even when permissibly discussing your pre-transition life I should not have used your ne- your dead name hopefully you can see the innocence of my mistake and how it differs from the intentional and malicious attacks that members of the LGBTQ plus community still must face every day Miles McKenna has been out since posting a video called So I'm Trans over two years ago in early 2017 in 2008, he posted a video chronicling one year transitioning and being on, or in 2018, sorry, uh, he posted a video chronicling one year transitioning and being on testosterone. He wrote that, uh, he wrote this about the incident on Twitter, Twitter, quote, 
My issue is less with someone's ignorance and more with how that person was allowed to to head a panel that partly focuses on trans topics. Who allowed me to be on the same stage as well as allow me to invite my young trans audience saying it's a safe space? Um, Just a note, as a matter of proper conduct, people don't use or ask for a trans person's dead name and don't misgender them even if you are referring to their lives before coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, my mom... My mom is like done that really well, which I'm proud of her for because at the beginning she she just didn't but did she didn't do it, it because she was being mean was she she, was she didn't I mean she, she just, just didn't know kind of like yeah. living there uh, didn't didn't understand the etiquette of it right it's still um, triggering is what people have to remember and yeah still like yeah uncomfortable well but it's hard for mm. and I understand it's hard for people to who've conceptualized you know you for so long as being uh, this person and there is a clear and definite coming out part and like afterward your life is different mm-hmm. but for for trans folk we were we were us before then too you know so we right. we've been trans our lives mm-hmm. so you know going back I don't see myself as having been a little boy mm-hmm. um, before it was you know yeah. I was me back then too and and that is it's a matter of education Mm-hmm. Right, you and know. people to, to think about it in that perspective. Yeah, yeah. you know, of like, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But you know, people don't necessarily, you know, go there. So mm-hmm. having these discussions are mm-hmm. really important. And another interesting thing I, I wanted to mention about Miles McKenna um, that he had after he came out as trans, he kind of deleted all of his previous videos mm-hmm. um, from before he had come out as trans, um, where he. Um, it used his dead name and um, she, her pronouns and everything. And um, recently made the decision to, he did like a whole video where he decided to um, repost those and reopen those up. He just like, he had taken them down, but he decided to put those back up because he wanted to like, um, you know, allow his audience, which is mostly made up of young trans kids who can do, to be able to like see that and see that there is, there is hope for the future for them, you know, and to see him before he came out. And I thought that that was a really cool move of him. I don't yeah. know. I thought that that was really good. It's pretty bold. Yeah, very bold. Like, I don't show people any pictures yeah. of me back before. Do you have them? I do. Have you shown them to your daughter? Uh, she's seen a couple of them. But something that you keep so, away? Like, um, even just a name. Uh, I've had friends ask me, oh, so what's your real name or your previous name or birth name or whatever. And, you know, if I'm feeling particularly, like, open, I'll I'll tell them. And then <laughs> that's actually changed their behavior. Like, they, they'll misgender me where they never misgendered After, me before. Uh, Afterward. Yeah. And then it's kind of like this little secret thing mm. that they've got. And it, it's just strange. And they're like, well, I didn't really mean for it to be like that, but it's there. And, you know, so you kind of plant that in people who, I, you know, they never knew me as anyone else. Um, and that, that plants a uh, seed of difference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess for everybody, you know, it's probably a little different. Yeah. But I think in general, being aware of that, I mean, you know, because something I haven't really thought about. I, I, I guess I would think that it wouldn't matter to me, but, you know, I don't think I've, I guess we've had that conversation. I, mm-hmm. I know... 
I think, but I, I forgot. <laughs> it's you can always keep a secret. It's with been me. two weeks. No, no, no. Were you going to tell? You're going to tell everybody on the radio. No, I was going. I could know. Yeah, no. No, Her- Herman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus God Almighty. No. Okay. Then I'm wrong. Oh no! I would have. I would have uh, changed your gender a long time ago. I <laughs> run away from home at the age of three. If that were my name. Well, my name, not to throw it, but I was going to be Jaime. Jaime, oh, well, yeah, Jaime, of course. Jaime, adorable. Jaime? Jaime. No, that's an awful name. So, anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> that's my dead name. <laughs> well, thank God he died. Well, it was my, yeah, because Frank yeah. died, so I got Oh, oh God. So, yeah. Jesus, no, that's not no, what I Jews, meant. Jews, Jews. <laughs> <laughs> There's no juniors and Jews. Um, anyways, it's time for a music break. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to take a quick break to do the community calendar. Right now we're listening to the band Bleached. This is the album, Don't You Think You've Had Enough. Um, the track, Rebound City, instant classic. Um, let's see. This week in Bloomington, we have the LGBT Aging and Caring Network all pride social event pitch in picnic at young pavilion in old car olcott park 2300 east canada drive in bloomington um and this is a pitch in picnic set for sunday july 21st from 1 to 3 p.m pride will provide uh cutlery ice paper products bring a dish to share Please label yours with ingredients like nuts, gluten, dairy, etc. So those sensitive can choose safely. We also have, oh, and that's on the 21st, which is this Sunday. Then we also have, every Wednesday, public service announcement. Every Wednesday at 11 p.m., NVWTA hosts our weekly drag and burlesque open stage where new artists come to cut their teeth and established performers try out new work. Drinks are cheap and there's never a cover, so don't forget to tip your entertainers. And that's every Wednesday. I think it starts at 10 p.m. Oh, I just said 11 p.m. All right, and that about does it for our community update. We will be right back with more Blooming Out here on WFHB.
Welcome back to Blooming Out. <laughs> and of course, we have uh, Jennifer uh, over there. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry about that. We were over uh, reminiscing about a lot of things. So um, we're going to talk about what we, uh, the new episode, I guess, of Just Married that uh, you, two, yeah. uh, you two have been working on. Mm-hmm. Let's just roll it. Huh? Yeah, go for it. Take it away, Lucas. If not now, tell me when. If not now. Welcome to Just Married Stories about Love and Citizenship in the Decade of Marriage Equality. I'm Jennifer Bass. In this episode, Jean and Martha talk about their courtship and their decision to marry a quarter century later. Here's Ireland Meacham. Jean and Martha first got to know each other at their workplace. It just so happens that their workplace was a field camp in Zaire, where they were both studying chimpanzees. I was a graduate student at Rutgers, and Jean was a professor at IU, and it was a joint project, so we were involved in that fieldwork season during the summer. Um, there was a little voice outside the, the hotel room saying, I'm here, I'm here. I had a classmate that had been in the first field season with Jean that I had not been the previous year. And we were in a class together, and she knew that I was going out the second year. And she said, oh, you're going to love Jean. And she, she didn't know I was gay. You know, she just knew that Jean was a really cool person and somebody that I would really be impressed with. Um, and sure enough, that turned out to be the case. We just sort of got to know each other better and, and spent time talking, looking at, you know, the, the African skies, an amazing thing, and, and, you know, fun stuff like that. It's probably fair to, to say that our colleagues might have noticed Maybe even before we did, I remember I bought a shirt at the market, and um, one of my classmates who was with us, she was teasing me. She said, "Oh, date night!" So she she was calling she was calling the bluff before almost before you know we really kind of clued in ourselves. After the field season ended, Martha returned to Rutgers to finish her coursework, and Jean went back to Indiana University to teach. But it wasn't long before Martha made the twelve-hour drive to visit Jean. When I came here. Uh, and walked into Jean's house and this environment. I was seeing her in her context, and it just felt immediately uh, warm and comfortable, and, you know, it, it, was a, it was a nice fit. We did the long-distance, or I did the long-distance <laughs> driving a little bit. As soon as I finished my coursework, I came out here to, to live with her, and I found an outside advisor here, and so I finished up my dissertation remotely from IU. Martha and Jean were happily living together, but they were still a bit afraid of what their family and friends would think. Well, I, I had come out to my parents when I was 26, uh, but I, I was not out in graduate school just because, honestly, as, as a female uh, scientist, you know, you've got enough against you as it is. When it came time to come out to her parents, Martha braced herself for the worst. I waited about a year to tell them because at the time, in the rural South, in a conservative family, it's, it's not a cool thing to be. So I sort of had to mentally brace myself for, you know, the possibility of losing my job, losing my family, losing my friends. And when I told him, my dad looked at me and said, I would have rather you taken a gun and shot me than tell me that. But I just kept calling, and, and I talked to Mom on the phone, and I'd, I'd go visit, not very often, but I'd go, and 
he he wouldn't talk to me. And so this this went on, this kind of drug on for a number of years until he he finally just realized that I wasn't going away. And I think because I was his only child, you know, it's like, well, do you want a kid or not? Jean, on the other hand, had a very different coming out experience. My, my mother asked me, uh, you know, well, you and Martha, you, you know, which was pretty amazing um, because I hadn't said anything to anybody. I mean, I think at that point, everybody at the university probably knew because um, we'd never hidden it here, but I certainly hadn't come out to family and we'd always done vacations separately and uh, over holidays and things. It's, it's clear what one could be afraid of. Uh, and I was, you know, worried that, you know, if they reacted badly, it might our family relationships and all my nieces and that sort of thing, but they were, uh, uh, everybody's been incredibly welcoming. Jean and Martha lived together as partners for 23 years, until June 2013, when the United States Supreme Court declared the Defense of Marriage Act, or DOMA, unconstitutional. Until that day, DOMA had legally defined marriage as between one man and one woman. Repealing the law meant that federal rights of marriage could no longer be denied to married same-sex couples. I won't speak for Jean, she can say, but for me, uh, if you're going to get married, it, it needs to be legal, and it needs to be legal nationwide. And that didn't happen until DOMA fell in 2013. So I'm, I'm reading the um, Supreme Court blog, you know, every day. I'm, I'm following the arguments. I'm, I'm typing emails to lawyer friends and going, it's going to go this way, it's going to go that way. Oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to fold? You know, how are they going to vote? And so it was... In, in some ways, it was kind of, it was a little stressful as well as exciting because you got your hopes up. There was a possibility. This could really happen. I'm going to be a real citizen now. I'm going to be acknowledged as a person in this country. But what if it doesn't happen? It made me feel a little more vulnerable than I had felt with no rights. But because waving that possibility in front of you is suddenly quite thrilling, and then the possibility of it not happening would be devastating, I think, even even worse than just going along as you were. We were just thrilled to be able to live long enough that uh, it happened in our lifetimes. We still have a cork, the Doma cork. And the <laughs> Doma down, I think, is what you wrote on, the, wrote on the cork. After Doma fell, the question wasn't if, it was when. So we, we kind of eloped, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, the Internet's a, a strange thing, and I remember poking around and uh, discovering that, sure enough, you could go and book a slot at the San Francisco courthouse to get married. We were busy putting a new roof on the house, and Martha was actually outside on the scaffolding doing something, and I, I remember going out, and it sort of, it wasn't really popping a question, but it was sort of, I, I think I just It was setting a date, is what yeah, it was. Yeah, literally saying, well, you want to get uh, married on your birthday this year in San Francisco? You know, San Francisco City Hall was a fantastic place to get married. It's absolutely gorgeous. At the top of the rotunda stairs is a bust of Harvey Milk, and so we were able to just, you know, stand right there by Harvey. Remember how, how uh, people kept saying, oh, congratulations, congratulations, as we were walking in. It was really sort of a sweet... Uh, it was fantastic. It was, it was touching. It was really nice. I think a homeless person even congratulated us at one point. We were walking down the street. You know, in the rom-coms, you, you stare into somebody's eyes and everything else fades away. And, you know, we've been together for 23 years, right? You know, we're just an old married couple. But when we were standing there uh, taking our vows, you know, looking at each other in the eyes, 
literally everything else went away. I have no memory. There, it's a public place. There are people coming up the stairs. They're watching. They're walking around. All sorts of things are going on. We had a photographer, two people around. So there's all sorts of things going around, but everything just completely melted away except Jean's eyes. I can't imagine getting married when you're young and you don't know. You think it's going to work, right? It's a big risk. You're jumping off <laughs> with each other into the void. But for us, you know, we'd been in the void for 23 years <laughs> and, and we, we knew each other very well. We were very happy. So, you know, it was, it's, it was a different situation for us, but it was still pretty magical. <laughs> All right, Martha's probably one of the most en engaging, generous, loving people you could ever meet in. Um, I think every friend we have, we've gotten from you. We just like hanging out together. I can easily be with Jean for 24 hours a day, day after day after day. I'm, I'm a lucky girl. Support for Just Mary comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. Thanks to Ireland Meacham and to Carrie Newcomer and the Blue Note Sessions for musical selections. Listen to Just Married podcasts on wfhb.org slash just dash married or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Heartland. Welcome back to Blooming Out. What a uh, beautiful episode yeah. with Gina and Martha. That was wonderful. Did, did Ireland Justin, and Jen. Right. Thank you. you Love you, Ireland for that one. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, Frankie and I are uh, misty-eyed. Yeah. Misty-eyed, yeah. That was uh, yeah, a, a beautiful story. And they were going to be guests, but they were out of town. They actually have just moved away. Aww. We got them while Aww. they were still in the heartland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've retired and taken off to uh, a dream home Good for them. on the West Coast. Okay. Oh, that's so, wonderful. But they'll be listening in, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope so. They were Hello, wonderful. Jane, <laughs> <laughs> we miss you already. Hello. We do. They were wonderful to talk to. And it was great to just to listen to them talk about their story for a while and get to interview them. So, Yeah, I think there were a few themes that we kind of um, heard that are not unlike a lot of other people who have been together for decades. Mm -hmm. uh, one is the idea of being uncomfortable in the public with public dif displays of affection. Mm -hmm. right. They did talk yeah. about that. Yeah, they, they kind of, um, they were mentioning that you know, Martha said that like I, she doesn't hold Jean's hand in public, but she sees younger people, gay couples, down, walking down the street holding hands, and it's no problem for them. But it's it's still they're still in that mindset of like having to hide and right. having to be mm -hmm. secretive about things. And they also talked about using the word wife as kind of a weird thing, yeah. is because mm. it connotates to like the fifties, sixties definition right. of wife. So they were we were asking them about like what they call each other and. Um, yeah, so they they said that they were kind of uncomfortable with wife unless they you know were in like a, like the doctor's office or something. Right, and and it's easier to just use. And that's wife, I think but. pretty common. I mean, it's with I think with Kelly Nuss, I mean, we don't say husband. I mean, mm -hmm. I say it now. It's kind of weird. It kind of pops out, but it took a long, long time for me to say it. But I we usually just say sometimes we even still say partner or we say spouse. Yeah, yeah, uh, we but use spouse. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I they think said spouse as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's kind of our generation. 
you know, of, that we've been in. It just, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Well, also having to hide your right. relationship for right. so yeah. long and not feeling comfortable showing, you know, mm-hmm. putting your arm around each right. other in public or holding yeah. hands or something. I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people my age, I've, I've heard, you know, like, well, I want to use the word wife because why should I have to say something that's like gender neutral or whatever? <laughs> like I, I want to say wife or whatever. Right. So well, that's, yeah. that's the power of representation, right? right? right. So, yeah. you know, you have permission to do that. Like mm-hmm. I don't, you know, we didn't have that. Right. We didn't right. have, we didn't give ourselves that permission. People have different symbiology throughout eras or generations yeah. too. You yeah. know, it, it, wife might mean something else to a different generation yeah. or conjure up a different image. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. That's it's true. just, yeah, I mean, I think it's that, just that for us, it's kind of that masculine, and it's, I know it's BS, but it was just like my husband. And right. Just, it didn't flow natural mm-hmm. because yeah. that was the generation that I kind of grew with, and those are the things that I was still kind of dealing with within myself, even mm-hmm. at that age, and being as comfortable as who I am of saying, I have a husband, yeah, and which is silly. I mean, to mm-hmm. say that out loud right now on the radio, it sounds really silly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, but that's yeah. what society and time and you know that's what it does to you. It's you know, and it's it's a guarded thing too mm-hmm. because you know I, I'm sure for them too, it's kind of a you you always have the safety alert in the back of your head, your mind about you know just be careful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. also another weird thing is like you know what do you call a non-binary partner? Or, mm. you know, someone mm-hmm. who doesn't use... Spouse? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> this is nice. This is my spice. Yeah. Jennifer knows. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> my little spice. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I like that. Um, um, go ahead. S- nope, go ahead. <laughs> One minute. Okay. Um, I just wanted to ask you, Jennifer, if you wanted to talk about the... Um, future of the podcast what's going on in in the next yeah, we're year or be, so well we'll bring this back in a couple months but we're going to be uh i'm going to be presenting in mexico city oh, about wow. our work that's and so exciting maybe trying to get some international folks to do their own recordings that would of be stories. Awesome. Yeah. so move it out of the heartland of indiana maybe into the heartland of mexico and in okay. the heartland of france so was this our last oh, episode I love that no, no, no 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 we're, got, we got more material yeah. okay we've got, good. We've got things add. cooking good. <laughs> yeah. we can yeah. subtitle the french and the spanish yeah. right oh Absolutely. Yeah. On the radio. Subtitle. <laughs> Subtitle <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. This, is, this is blooming out. We, we figure things but out. But these episodes are gold. I love. Yeah. I just love each every one. single one yeah. of them. And each one is based on long interviews that mm-hmm. are archived at the Kinsey Institute, right, mm-hmm. for future historians. So. So this wonderful. is the first one Thank I've worked on, and this. I had a really good time with well, it. So, okay. yeah. So we're out of time. It was a great show, and thanks to all of our listeners and volunteers who made this possible. Special thank you to Jennifer for being here today. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff, Ireland Meacham, and Melanie Davis. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Kyria Greenberg. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Frankie Presslav. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. 
Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is bloomingout at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. Gotta be proud and I gotta remember this is what I'm about. Gotta stand up and I gotta be proud and I gotta remember this is what I'm about.